I got those messages that were, you know, um, you look like a man or why would anyone want to look like this? Or, you know, you look bigger than me. That's unattractive. And you just have to take it with a grain of salt because you're doing it for you. You're not doing it for anyone else. And we are back. Thanks for joining us for the Run the Race podcast, where we talk on a weekly basis about fitness and faith. I'm a local TV news anchor, your host for today, Jason Dennis. And uh, thanks for listening to us on uh, Apple or Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. And if you want to listen to any of the previous uh, 33, 34 episodes at all that we've done since last November, you can go to WTVM.com slash podcast. We want you to subscribe to this as well to keep things going and we have a great guest today a competitor actually a champion from the titan games a popular nbc uh, reality competition and she is also a army nurse Uh, haley johnson the first lieutenant uh, is going to be talking to us about uh, growing up low income uh, breaking molds as a as a female competitive bodybuilder uh, talking about losing her father just before uh, competing on the Titan Games, which is hosted by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, being a healthcare worker during this COVID outbreak, and uh, all kinds of things. And so uh, we're going to introduce her in just a minute. But uh, in talking about obstacle courses, which is what she succeeded very well at, I uh, was able to, a few years ago, compete in the uh, Spartan Challenge. And it was a, there's different levels if you've ever run one of those or heard about them. Um, and it's, it's not quite as intimidating as you might think. So I competed in one of those uh, near Fort Benning here in the East Alabama area. And uh, I competed with a friend. And so we trained a little bit ahead of time. I did some personal training because I don't have much upper body strength. I, I enjoy running, but uh, these upper body and the, the weightlifting is not really something I'm necessarily good at or necessarily want to do. So uh, I trained a little bit uh, several months ahead of time to try to get some upper body strength. And uh, let me tell you what the Spartan race is. And so the sprint one, which is the, quote, easiest one, is um, there's 23 obstacles all along the way. And the course itself is a total of about five and a half miles. So you're running or jogging, walking, whatever you want to do in between each obstacle. Now, there's uh, where you have to climb over certain tall walls. Uh, You have to throw a spear into uh, some bales of hay. You have to go underwater in this uh, muddy pond. Uh, You have to uh, crawl up, crawl across, uh, monkey bars, all kinds of different upper body strength. And for each one of these obstacles that you cannot complete, um, you drop and do 30 burpees. And so uh, my friend that was with me, fortunately, he's a six foot two inch former college football player. He's in his 40s, just like me, but he's built like a truck. So he helped me over some of those walls. And I was able to complete all but five of the obstacles. He completed all but two. So he dropped and actually shared some of those burpees with me, the ones uh, on the, the obstacles that he did complete. So we both did about 100 burpees, five and a half miles running, 23 obstacles, give or take. And we finished in about an hour and a half. So uh, I can officially say I am a Spartan. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the Titan Games, which if you've watched that before, uh, is very similar to American Ninja Warrior, a show that um, my family and I love to watch. Great some, something to watch with the kids. And so our guest for today on the Run the Race podcast is First Lieutenant 
Haley Johnson from the U.S. Army. She's also a registered nurse assigned to the mother and baby unit at Martin Army Community Hospital on Fort Benning. She was in the Titan Games, which uh, that show divides people and competitors into three regions. You search for the male and female athlete to crown the regional Titan before they each compete to determine the ultimate champion. She defended her title just recently, so she's going to talk a little bit about that. The 26-year-old grew up in Calhoun in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. She is a Kennesaw State University grad with a nursing degree, was also a standout high school athlete, pole vaulting, volleyball, cheerleading, eventually became a competitive bodybuilder. She talks about that. She's also newly married and a soon-to-be mom. So we introduce you now to First Lieutenant Haley Johnson. All right, I'd like to welcome uh, First Lieutenant Haley Johnson to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for inviting me to be here. Yeah, you came into WTVM, got your temperature checked. You were 97-something, so passing grade. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're used to it uh, in the military for sure. Um, before we get to know you a little bit about your history with uh, weightlifting and in the military, uh, I wanted to first talk about your experience on the Titan Games because you've competed several times as a champion and trying to defend your title. Uh, tell me about uh, most recently. Recently, um, you were you were on the the TV show with The Rock, and uh, tell me about. Uh, I guess things didn't quite go as well as you'd hoped. Tell me about that the, the latest thing when it comes to that uh, the reality TV show. Yeah, so the last thing that happened was I lost on Mount Olympus, which is kind of the big culminating event that the entire show is surrounded upon. And I went into a comeback bracket is what they called it. So the three losers, me and the two girls that I had actually beat already, had to battle it out to try to go back to Mount Olympus. And so on that last one, it was a three-way race. The top two um, progressed forward. And I was actually the one that lost against the two people that I had already beat. Wow. So, yeah, so, it was quite uh, harmful to the ego, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had already, you know, uh, what was your first experience with the Titan Games? Because kind of portrayed as the, uh, you know, the Army nurse who um, had, had was dealing with the loss of your father and uh, something that you, you know, kind of really, um, it was a, a first time thing for you to compete. I mean, I, maybe you had done obstacle course, course stuff before. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I did um, ROTC in high school and then on to college uh, with an ROTC scholarship. And I competed um, in Ranger Challenge and the Raider team in high school. So I'm kind of familiar with obstacle courses. Um, but it had been quite a few years since I had done any of that. So when they reached out to me, I wasn't even sure if it was something that was still in my wheelhouse along with my dad already being sick when they reached out to me. Um, so it definitely, I went back and forth on whether or not to even do it and to compete during such a vulnerable time in my life. Um, but my family really pushed me to do it. And so I took that leap of faith um, and, you know, I went and it, everything worked out and got a call back and got selected for the show. Yeah. So. And he was uh, 53 years old, your father um, passing away from cancer. So what was that like? You know, because I know you are a, a you know, determined athlete, a soldier um, who, uh, you know, kind of really wants to, uh, very driven. Um, so dealing with the grief of your father, but also wanting to um, do something that was really unique and uh, would be, you know, uh, outstanding for you athletically. Yeah. So when my dad first got sick, um, I was actually working in oncology. So I was working hand in hand with those patients that had the same diagnosis as my dad. So I got moved to Fort Benning on a compassionate reassignment. And when this opportunity came up, I think it was just a way for me to channel all of my emotions that I was 
kind of trying to figure out how to deal with at that time um, for it being so sudden and him being so young and so healthy um, that I kind of just, you know, said to myself, all right, if you're going to train, train with a purpose and remember that this is your purpose and that this why, you know, you doing this for your dad or doing because he believes in you um, and something like this um, is going to only make you stronger and going to make you a stronger competitor. So I definitely channeled all that into the tryouts. So once you are competing for the first time on the Titan Games, what was that experience like? Because I'm obviously you've been through a lot, um, you know, athletically in your life and uh, through the Army as well. Um, you know, what was that like? You know, you've got the, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and you got all the TV cameras and the mics and you're having to kind of scale these huge obstacles. You know, what was that whole experience? So... In high school, I had done sports. You know, I had big crowds that would watch you do it. It was something, you know, an adrenaline rush that I was semi-familiar with, especially in pole vaulting because it's very, okay, stop, breathe, ready, set, go. You're doing this and everyone's watching. And so it was a similar experience. Um, I would walk out into the arena, but then, you know, you were doing an obstacle that you had no idea. Like you had never seen it before until right prior when they were giving you a safety briefing. Um, you were competing against someone that has a totally different athletic background than you. You don't know what their strengths are. They don't, you know, you don't know how you guys are going to compare. And then they're making you sit there and doing pyro multiple times, counting down, you know, three, two, one, but not for you. So fire coming out everywhere. Yes, fire coming out everywhere. Smoke coming out everywhere. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson walking out but filming over and over again. So it wasn't your turn to go. So I think you just had this adrenaline built up and then you'd have to calm yourself down. And then you really just had to, you know, just relax yourself until it's actually finally time to do these obstacles. Right. And then you, you know, were you, um, I guess... Maybe you weren't surprised um, that you ended up being, you know, champion and, and, and kind of and really kind of going as far as you went. Um, I would say probably eight to ten out of the thirty competitors were elite CrossFit athletes, um, and that you know I had competed in bodybuilding, which is mostly based off the way you look. So I like to be strong, but um, going against the first person I went against, she was a monster truck driver. So she did CrossFit in her spare time, <laughs> but it wasn't, I actually, I mean, I went into it with confidence, you know, in my training and everything that I had done prior, but nothing really prepares you for the two obstacles that we actually competed in. Because wow. one was like a fence that you had to scale sideways and it had like perpendicular ones that would come out and then you had to leap to another fence that was, you know, perpendicular to you. And so... It was kind of like the Titan Games, which is more strength-based, but more American Ninja Warrior. So it was not something I had trained for when I looked at the first season. So a matter of just if you have that upper body strength, that grip strength, you know, it'll yes. help you out tremendously. Because I think that uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I think he... Um, he called you, um, uh, he called you Johnson Strong. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think it was a play on both of our last names. Yes, exactly. Um, well, I want to talk a little bit more about that and, and about your um, kind of life leading up to this in the military mm -hmm. and weightlifting. But I do, well, we do what's called a fast four on mm -hmm. the podcast. I'm just quick rapid fire questions to get to know you. So the first question of this is, uh, what is your job description currently? Uh, at work and also now at home, which I know that's changed recently. Mm -hmm. So at work, um, I'm 
currently a first lieutenant registered nurse and I work on the postpartum unit. So I work with babies. And then at home, I went from, you know, being a single soldier to a girlfriend to a wife and now an expecting mother. Wow. Wow. That's a good. And so when, when are you due? Um, I'm due right around the beginning of November. Okay. Coming soon. And, and mm-hmm. I, do I hear it's a boy? Is that right? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. All right. You're not going to name him uh, The Rock or anything. No. Like Dwayne. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, next question. Um, you know, how do you, you know, uh, in your spare time or maybe as part of your army job, do you uh, do something in particular every day or every week to be physically fit? Yeah. So even during the pandemic, I'd still try to weight lift um, for four to five times a week. Um, every day, whether it be before work or after work. Okay. Pretty consistent. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and do you have anything, you know, in terms of, you know, we always look for inspiration with our, you know, job. Do you have any inspirational, spiritual or faith like motto or something that really helps drive you? Yeah, I think, um, in, in my athletics, it's definitely remember your why, like why you're doing something, the purpose that you set out to do it with. And in the, in my job, it's more so remember why you're doing it and who you're affecting. Yeah. Yeah. The why is very, very important. Mm -hmm. And uh, the last of the fast four, what is something uh, unique about Haley Johnson? Um, Besides being on the Titan games, maybe. (laughs) I think that I just always end up doing two things that are on the opposite sides of each spectrum, like in high school um, and in college, I was like RTC. And then I also was a cheerleader. So I kind of like to break molds. And so sometimes that surprises people. Yeah. Is it maybe dispel some of the myths? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Excellent. Um, well, first I wanted to kind of go back in time a little bit with you to talk about, um, you know, uh, your cheerleading and other things you did. You were a standout athlete um, in high school. So was that something that was important to you uh, as a young woman to kind of participate in different sports? Because I, I know you were um, pole vaulting, you mentioned earlier, of course, bodybuilding. I think volleyball and even cross country. So Mm -hmm. running, I guess that's good cardio for all those sports, right? Yes. So it actually wasn't something that I found until a little bit later into my adolescence. Um, We grew up pretty um, low income. So we really, we had one car. My mom didn't have a license until she was in her mid thirties. We didn't have access to do any of the things that I wanted to do. Um, so it wasn't until I got into almost high school that I had friends that would offer to drive me back and forth and, you know, told me I should try out for something. And I had no idea I had an athletic bone in my body. Um, so the first time I tried out for a team and I made it, it kind of just opened up this whole, um, you know, universe of things that I had no idea I was capable of. And once I realized that I could, and I was pretty good at these things, I just tried everything I could. So that's why you see me. Um, competing in like four or five sports all throughout high school. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. And, and anything, um, you know, in terms of what, what was there a certain sport uh, that you were better at or that you really liked the most out of all those? Yeah. So I really loved doing ra- uh, the Raider team, which was an ROTC team where it was like a weekend event. It was two days of competition. You would do obstacle courses. You would do rope bridges for time. You would do like not tying, blindfolded. Like it was all team events like that and like runs and things like that. And then my other favorite was definitely pole vaulting. And I think it's just because I invested a lot of time into that without a coach. So I kind of taught myself how to do it and I got good at it. And so I just really loved training for it. Also, I know that you uh, have uh, weightlifting, bodybuilding has been big for you. Is that something that, you know, like you said, started as a teenager and you competed in a lot of, co- you know, a lot of competitions about that? Yeah. So whenever I was doing those sports in high school, I was still eating 
you know, like the cafeteria food, the food that we had at home, going out to eat and things like that. So it wasn't actually until I got into college that when I changed my own eating habits and things like that, and I saw how it could affect my body along with weight training. And that's when I really started to develop my love for bodybuilding. So up until that point, it was purely functional sports specific. And then in college, I kind of explored the aesthetic side of things. And you were saying that, you know, it's kind of uh, all about how you look and, and you kind of oil up for the competitions, I guess, on stage. Yeah. What uh, What's your highlight from your bodybuilding career in terms of, you know, competitions or, or how well you did? Yeah, so I competed in the figure division, which is the, it's a one step up from, so there's like three divisions. Now there's four, but at the time it was the middle muscular division. So, um, and at my first show, it was the first show that I had done in that division. And it was the first one that my parents had been to in person because they were very against it to begin with. Hmm. Um, And I won my beginner class. I won my open height class. And I won the overall title for that show. And so I won like three swords that day. And my mom cried. And it was, you know, so you really couldn't win more than I won. And it was really nice to have my parents there for that. And, you know, is there, um, is there a stigma sometimes, especially as a female bodybuilder, because they, you know, people say, oh, uh, you know, women aren't supposed to have big, huge muscles like that. And, and, and it maybe doesn't look good or whatever. I mean, have you heard some of that and, and some of the uh, stereotypes? Oh, absolutely. I think that's initially why my parents were very against it. You know, I went from this, I never grew up really thin. I was always, um, kind of on the chubbier side of normal, even doing all these sports. And so I think seeing that transformation in my body really made them worry that I was doing something uh, extreme that wasn't safe, that wasn't healthy. Um, And so that was their worry. And then I, along the way, of course, I got those messages that were, you know, um, you look like a man or why would anyone want to look like this? Or, you know, you look bigger than me. That's unattractive. And you just have to take it with a grain of salt because... You're doing it for you. You're not doing it for anyone else. Yeah. How do you usually respond to folks in terms of, you know, do you hope to kind of kind of uh, dispel some of those stereotypes perhaps? Yeah. I mean, especially because I've done it all natural. A lot of, you know, there are females that once you get into a more muscular division, you do see a lot more steroid use. Um, and I think I've just always been able to keep my femininity in with it. And I hope that that inspires people knowing that you can reach it naturally um, if you just have the drive and you have the patience because that's really the biggest thing. Yeah. And, and speaking of patience, in the middle of this pandemic, we've been all been living through the last four or five months. You know, um, some people have gone the way of working out or running more. Others have kind of become more couch potatoes. Um, you maybe are, you know, people, we're all in kind of maybe one spectrum or the other. Uh, what would you say to folks about, you know, how to get, you know, uh, you know, just maybe a, it could be an amateur athlete or somebody that's really fit or, or, uh, you know, a wide range. What's your advice for folks about, Hey, I want to get stronger. Um, but I, I need some motivation. How would you, uh, just tell them to do that? I would just say um, being consistent is probably the number one thing and finding what motivates you and then kind of implementing it into a habit because the motivation won't always be there. So discipline will take over when motivation is lost. And I think just finding little things that really drive you to be better, I think is the best way to start. And for you, I mean, does, uh, com- you know, whether it be competitions or something like the Titan Games, does that, uh, those kind of challenges, does that help you kind of build that momentum? I mean, do you have like, okay, here's my next challenge uh, coming up in the next few months or years? Yeah, so it's definitely a lot easier to train when you have a goal in mind. 
So even if you're setting little goals for yourself, like for me, it could be a competition or it could even, so like even on the off season, you know, that's a bigger deal than the in season. So building the muscle then in order to lose the body fat to show it, or for like the Titan games, for example, um, switching my focus to functionality and eating more and just knowing what your goal is and how to train for that. And folks that may be listening, uh, uh, maybe they can't see you, obviously they're just hearing you, but you're uh five foot three, five foot four or five foot three and a half. Okay. Three and a half. Okay. All right. <laughs> they half important. And, um, so for you, I mean, uh, people, uh, you know, if you're, if you're that height, um, do you try to build like a, a muscular frame or is it, is it tough to, to put on weight or lose weight at, and, and your size? So me being being so short, I, I'm on the stockier side of my short build. So there's obviously like a petite, like what you would see getting, you know, the cheerleaders that are thrown up in the air. They're very small builds. I am not that. You're the bottom of the, uh, of the yes, triangle. I am like the person that throws the people up in the air. <laughs> um, so for me, it's actually not hard for me to build muscle. A lot of girls will have a hard time. Like they get scared that they're going to get bulky or look manly if they start lifting heavy weights. But for most people, it is very difficult. But for me, it's actually more difficult for me to lose body fat after I've grown the muscle than to actually grow. Gotcha. And your, your day job right now is as, uh, I believe, it, give me a, an army nurse mm-hmm. um, at uh, on Fort Benning, and you're at work mostly with newborn babies, is that right? Yes. So tell me about what um, what's that like? I mean, how rewarding or challenging that can be, uh, because I know, you know, especially healthcare workers in the midst of COVID-19. Yeah. So especially with this time in our lives, with the pandemic going on, it's really hard because you are one of the main support people in these new moms and babies' lives. You know, they have one person in the labor room, their family cannot come see them, they can't tag team out, so it's just the one person's there and they have to stay there. They can't leave at all. Um, and so if they have to leave and go home to take care of other kids, like you are their stand-in support person. Um, so it's hard to, you know, validate their feelings, but also keep everyone safe by, you know, ensuring that we make sure no one comes onto the unit and things like that. Um, But it's really rewarding working with the new moms because it's a lot about teaching them how to feel comfortable before they go home and making sure they have all the support that they need for everything that they want to accomplish as a mom. And, you know, you, you've uh, been doing this job for a while, and now you're going to be on the other side of it uh, in the coming months. I mean, is that uh, emotional for you or exciting, uh, nerve-wracking? So it's both exciting and nerve wracking. <laughs> so, you know, I've seen it probably a thousand times. Um, I've seen it on the labor and delivery side. I know what labor can look like. Um, but I think it's also nerve wracking um, because you know what can go wrong. Like when you're inside of it and you see it and people hemorrhage and people code and babies have to go to the nursery, they get separated from their moms. And so, you know, the worst side of it, but you also just have to have faith that this is where you work. You see these people work every day. Most of the time they produce really good outcomes and you just have to hope for the best because pregnancies are all so individual. So I'm, I'm excited. The best and worst case scenarios. Um, do you find that like you're talking about having faith, do you find that, you know, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, prayer that goes on or a lot of just teamwork and uh, really kind of, um, because you know what you guys do is is you know heroes work, and so and it can be it can be tough you know mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that 
I mean, we all work as a team, especially on the labor and delivery side where they have, you know, a nurse doing the mom, they have a baby nurse. And then if something's going wrong, it's super hands-on with everyone. So even us on the other side, we're all on the same unit, the labor and delivery is on one side and then the postpartum's on the other. But if anything were to happen on either side, all the nurses go running, running to go help that situation. So I think we would not be able to function um, if we didn't have such good cohesive teamwork. Yeah. And when it comes to, you know, your job um, as a nurse in the military or as a bodybuilder or a competitor on uh, the Titan games, um, you know, you have uh, military training that's probably helped with all those different things and, and kind of uh, adapting, overcoming, being flexible because in the military, it's things can change on a dime. How has that helped you and, and, uh, and your, what you've learned from the military and taking that into different parts of your life? Yeah, so whenever I competed on the Titan Games, I definitely think that adaptability and flexibility were huge because they would have us, they'd have this nice, neat schedule for us, you know, throughout the day. And then we would get there, we'd, you know, five o'clock wake up, we'd get there, we'd sit there until seven, and then things would finally start moving. And then it would be, all right, hurry up, get in the space, now wait. And so that is exactly what we are primed for, right? Hurry up and wait. So I think it didn't nearly affect. There were, I think, seven or eight of us that were competitors that were either active duty or were veterans. And so you could tell that we just took it as it came. It was something that we were accustomed to. And then some of the other athletes did not have a good time with it at all. And the same with um, going into work. You know, sometimes I feel like, the army nurses that are there are a lot more open to change and receptive to the flexibility. And you don't sometimes see that with the civilian nurses that have been doing it for 20 years. Now, how long have you been in, in the military, the army now? Uh, almost four years. Almost four years. So uh, there's the the phrase, I guess, that you hear sometimes, embrace the suck. Yes. So is that for you, you know, whether it's maybe it's a hard workout or it's been a, a tough day at the hospital uh, or something like that. Is that kind of, do you kind of think about, well, we just, you know, it is what it is or, or, or what's your, what's your mindset? Yeah. So I definitely, I take it day by day. And if it is a really terrible day or just a bad situation, I definitely do think that as you know, we're, we're all going to embrace the suck together. <laughs> so there's that. And then I always just remind myself that no matter what, no matter how terrible something is, this day is going to end. And, you know, you're going to go to sleep and tomorrow's going to come and tomorrow's a new day. So I just have to remind myself sometimes whenever I feel like we're drowning at work or a baby is really sick and needs like NICU transport or someone lost a baby on the other side, you know, just have to be like, okay, today will be over eventually. Yeah. And speaking of adversity and uh, people that may be listening, maybe in this situation with their family, but uh, I believe I read that you are the first college graduate in your family. What was the reason for doing that? Was that something that, that you got pushed to do or that, or that you were like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to break the mold and, and start a new cycle for my family or. Yeah. So growing up, we never really felt like we didn't, I guess we never felt how low income or that we really were, you know, um, because my dad always had a way of making it fun. 
Like when we lived in a gas station growing up that he had kind of transformed into a house. Like it was just a neat thing for us, right? There was like extra like stuff in this garage and, you know, that there were gas pumps in the front yard and just made it into like a little NASCAR track that we did our bikes around, you know, so things like that. Um, But as I got older, I think I got more aware of the things that we couldn't do because of it. You know, like we couldn't go to the movies because then it was, it was unfair because there was five of us. So if one, if all couldn't do it, then it seemed unfair to let one do it because those things were very expensive or never, we didn't have a sit down meal until I graduated high school for the first time ever. Um, We didn't go on a family vacation until I was 13 and then not again until I was in college. And so I think it's like those little things like not having a birthday party and things like that, that kind of opened my eyes to, you know, where we were at and how much love that we still had in that, but how much I wanted better for myself and my family and my dad always pushed us to be better. You know, this was comfortable. You know, we had an okay life, but you deserve better. And that's what he would always, you know, impress upon us. Yeah. And, and, and now even to, to this day in athletic competitions or in your job in the military, uh, in your workouts, it, it, do you kind of think back to that? Like, okay, um, does it give you motivation or does it kind of maybe you have a, a drive that's different than other people because of how you grew up? Oh, I absolutely think so. I think, and even, you know, you could see it whenever I went to college because I, whenever I was in high school thinking about going to college, I played sports almost specifically to try to get a scholarship. I did AP courses. I did extra clubs and things like that. I tried to make myself as marketable as possible to colleges because my dad had mentioned to me that we didn't have the money to just pay for college. So it was either I get a scholarship or I don't go. Because he failed to tell me that there was even things that were called student loans. It wasn't until I was in college that I asked people how they were paying for it. And they said, oh, we just pulled out loans. And I literally looked at them and said, what is that? (laughs) I had no idea because we were in debt so bad at some point. Filed bankruptcy. My dad did not even want that to be an option in my head. Yeah. So I think that growing up that way, seeing him be so selfless and really push us and, you know, make sure that we were set up for success definitely makes me think differently yeah. than the normal, you know, person. And now you, you've got a great job and you're about to be a parent yourself and you met a special someone, uh, I believe through the Titan game. Mm-hmm. So at least if nothing else, you know, I know you lost recently, but if nothing else, you won in this way. Tell me about him. Um, he's, uh, I guess, uh, was portrayed as, as a cowboy on the, t- on the TV show. Yes. So his name is Blake Wright. He is from Texas. Um, he is a middle school teacher and he coaches football. Um, and yeah, during the Titan games, he was on the first episode and they showed him wearing a cowboy hat the entire time, um, drinking chocolate milk. <laughs> and coaching his football kids. Um, so was this like you saw him? It was love at first sight on TV? or <laughs> So we actually, I saw him at the tryouts, the in-person tryouts in LA. Um, and he wore a cowboy hat the entire time there as well. Even when he was deadlifting, running for, like running a 40, doing these obstacle courses, he wore his cowboy hat the entire time. <laughs> and so we actually didn't talk much throughout that process But I remember telling him before we left and telling everyone else is that if I was sure that one person was going to make it, it was going to be him because he just had this such a warm, inviting personality. He was funny, charismatic. And then his job is just 
so heartwarming and heartfelt and you can tell he really cares about what he does um so I knew that there was something special about him but I didn't know that I was going to fall in love with him and then marry him until like after we filmed the Titan Games oh, now you, did you get married was it last summer or just most recently recently so you married in the middle of a pandemic as well right? yes <laughs> and you so how did that go down I mean was that something where did you have to change plans because of COVID-19 or yes so you know we want to have the whole ceremony we want to do that his family's still in Texas my family lives near Chattanooga Tennessee um, so we actually didn't have any type of ceremony because we didn't want anyone to feel left out so we just did it with just us you know we did all the paperwork and everything and then in a year or so down the road we're actually going to do a full ceremony where both of our families can be present oh that's exciting yeah Yeah. so besides you know newly being married and uh having a baby on the way uh what's what's next for uh, first lieutenant haley johnson obviously you'll continue your job in the military but um any other big competitions or tv shows or anything else coming up or um well we both got reached out to for like a show called the weakest link so we were like considering doing something like that you know maybe taking on like a trivia show or something as a couple the amazing race yeah something like, like something that. like that would be <laughs> so fun to do and he's definitely he tried out for broken skull ranch and made it all the way through to the end um of those tryouts too so i foresee him doing something like that again and then me i think i'm gonna focus on our baby for a little bit, you know, you know, heal up, get my fitness back. And then he power lifts currently still his last competition was only like a week ago and he won his competition. So he wants me to try that out and I want him to try out bodybuilding. There so you we go. might have to see who gets to win out first yeah. and try each other's sport. And I know there's sometimes battles for fitness between men and women mm-hmm. and uh, you want to dispel myths. So uh, for between you and him, Who's, who's better at uh, certain sports, perhaps? Have, y- have y'all kind of, are you competitive with each other? So we are competitive with each other. Um, I think, I would I would say he's definitely stronger than me. He thinks that I would be more competitive in his sport, though. Okay. And then I think that I'm more competitive in my own sport than he would be. Just because the powerlifting body frame doesn't lend itself necessarily to bodybuilding. But he's open to trying it. And I think that that's what's going to be fun. And we both thought about doing CrossFit together. Since that seemed to be such a great asset uh, for every competitor who did it on the show. Yeah. And one last thing. So, you know, have you found, and maybe this is a good advice for, for other couples, you guys are both enjoying, you know, do, doing athletic things and being fit. Uh, is it better to, to work out together or to uh, kind of do your own separate thing? So from, <laughs> he loves the idea of actually working out together. You know, me, I spot him whenever he um, bench presses and things like that. Of course, he um, squats 700 pounds, so I'm not going to be behind him trying to catch him if he falls. But um, for me, I just think it's really nice to be in the gym together, to go together, to see each other, you know, put that effort in. It's something you kind of come to admire that someone does. They really care about their health and well-being, and you can see that and the intensity that they're putting in. But I don't necessarily think that you have to actually be working on the same machine or, you know, have the same body parts split or anything like that. Just going there together and going home together, 
I think is really great. Yeah. Well, we, we thank you so much uh, for being on the show and for being a hero, uh, both in the military and in healthcare. Cause I know uh, those jobs, you know, you guys, um, you know, don't get thanked enough. So we appreciate all that you do and, and uh, wish you the very best with your baby and maybe a future on a TV show or maybe even a repeat on the Titan games in the, in the future, right? Yeah, that would be fantastic. And I'm so glad that you invited me to be here and, you know, thank you for everything you do as well. All right. Thanks very much, Ava. So maybe we will see uh, her and her husband on a, uh, a future reality competition. Uh, she is uh, she is very humble, uh, but also has a, a great personality and, and obviously is very uh, fit. Uh, and uh, even for her five foot three frame, she's got some muscles. So I don't want to mess with Haley Johnson for sure. Thank you so much for, for being on with us. Uh, now turning to our final segments of the podcast, which include uh, parting gift, some inspiration for you from the Bible, and food for thought, which uh, we kind of uh, you know dive into the world of bodybuilding and obstacle courses. We'll start on the uh, the faith side of things, uh, kind of a news nugget I found in the International Catholic News Weekly. The title of the article is Bodybuilding Makes Priest Fit for the Ministry. We're talking about Father Raphael Capo, the 51-year-old father, says that uh, some have dismissed his commitment to bodybuilding as being just vanity, trying to look good. But he says his pursuit of physical fitness brought him and others closer to God. He says, quote, for many young people, the fitness world of sports becomes a door to many other things they can discover in the church. And he says, quote, just as Pope Francis repeats all the time, we need to accompany people where they are and make the journey with them where they are. And for many young people, they're willing to. And Father Capo, who leads outreach to Hispanic youth in the southeast region for the U.S., he began lifting weights back in high school in his native Puerto Rico. He uh, started to supplement, you know, that doing that as a to help his performance as a track and field athlete. Major, you know, eventually became a major part of his life, and uh, also part of his spirituality. Father Capo, who is based in Miami, tries to work out about six days a week with a mix of weightlifting and cardio. And great job by him. Now to a story out of Stack.com called How Obstacle Courses Can Reintroduce Play to America's Kids. You know, we're talking about children who love to to jump and climb and crawl and sprint, dive and tumble, and they want to explore what their bodies can do. In this world today, you know, kids are a lot less active and less happy and more physically fragile, maybe spending a lot of time on the computer, that kind of thing. So Jeremy Frisch is pushing back on that. He's the owner of Achieve Performance Training in Clinton, Massachusetts. One of his tools for that is obstacle courses. He said, we were just looking for fun ways to move. It kind of hit us one day. Instead of doing one exercise, what if we combine a bear crawl with uh, jumping over or running a group of hurdles? And combine those elements, it makes it makes it fun, right? So this is a hands-off approach. He doesn't really have to bark at the kids. Uh, it, it makes it a lot more fun, and they're they're self-directed. They come up with their own problem solving. And uh, he says, "quote They see me set it up, and while that those those guys are already looking at it in their own mind and saying, how am I going to get over that obstacle? I don't really have to say anything.'" And Frisch also says, "You'll see kids try obstacles different ways. You get to see a whole mix of styles and approaches to each obstacle." And when kids are having fun with that movement, he says, they naturally are going to exercise more vigorously, which is an issue because a 2017 study uh, said that children spend only about 30% of their organized sports practice time engaged in moderate 
to vigorous exercise. So any way we can get them moving would be great. Our parting gift for today comes from the Bible. It says, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. So there you go with the obstacle course theme for this episode of the podcast. That comes from 2 Corinthians 6, 3. So putting no obstacle in people's way. So giving them a clear path to your ministry, uh, whatever that is, whatever your giftings are. Closing now in prayer, thank you, God, for this opportunity to talk about, you know, um, achieving big things athletically and also spiritually. And God, just help us uh, to uh, navigate the obstacles in our lives that we can look to you for strength and wisdom of how to do that. And a big obstacle in our way right now is the COVID-19 pandemic. We pray that people are healthy and doing the right things. And uh, to, as schools are opening up, we pray for the students and the teachers and everybody that is, is safe and learning appropriately, and God, for our nation today, as we uh, as can be so politically divisive, uh, that we can come together in unity uh, through your love. You name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. Make sure to subscribe to it. Go to the Apple podcast at the bottom there of Run the Race, and also uh, write a quick review. We'd love to hear from you. And if you like this, and uh, any, and uh, we, you know, also on the next episode, I am now a finisher of the Great Virtual Race across Tennessee, six hundred and thirty-six miles in a matter of three and a half plus months. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, running across Tennessee and a man who ran across Georgia by himself uh, for a full decade every year. So uh, excited to hear about that and hope you and yours have a great rest of the week.